Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market Hello, hi, and welcome to another Bullet Points episode of The Emma Gunn Show, the midweek show where we take a deeper dive into the topics being discussed in messages I receive from you, my most excellent listeners, and also in the Facebook group for the podcast. Now, in this episode, I want to talk about something that has been cropping up a lot, and that's this idea of burnout. The fact that the majority of us are feeling at the end of our ropes, sick of it, tired, lethargic, despondent, down, blue, fed up, over it, you name it. This has been cropping up a lot in conversations and it's something I wanted to unpick a little in this show. And the reason I wanted to take a deeper look into it is because when you're experiencing any of these feelings, the thing that can amplify them or make them feel even bigger is the feeling that you're going through it alone. And if you are feeling that way, this is just your reminder or just hopefully something that lets you know that you're not alone. A lot of people are messaging me about it and I'm chatting to friends offline as well as uh, listeners online about it. So it's definitely something that is affecting a lot of people. I'm receiving a ton of messages about it and it's also something I've been feeling. Although as I've been digging into it more, I'm not sure burnout is the right description, but we can come on to that in a little bit. Essentially, it's quite normal, and given the circumstances of the last 12 months, it would be no surprise if you were experiencing a combination of having little to no motivation, finding it harder than usual to do your everyday tasks, maybe you've had brain fog, you're finding it harder to concentrate, and maybe your mood is lower than usual and has been for a little while. In the early stages of lockdown, it was normal to think about what was taken away, I think, what we were losing, right? So going into work, socialising, seeing our mates, the chat with our colleagues at the coffee shop or at the water cooler, those kind of moments, the hustle and bustle, basically, of being a moving cog in society. And then we began to acknowledge what we gained. And with no commute, for example... A lot of us gain time. Now, for those of you listening with children who had to become teachers among all of this, who are about to stand up and tell me to stop right there, I hear you and I feel you. While some people felt time open up, others felt it pinch. However, it might seem counterintuitive to feel depleted when many of your key stresses are no longer a part of your daily life or are even a little bit removed. So, Your boss might summon you into the office every now and again and it would make you stress you out, but they still might be having that effect on you over email, but it is just ever so slightly removed. But they also might have been, your daily stresses might have been replaced by others, but this feeling, this feeling of burnout, this feeling of just feeling, it's not uncommon and a lot of people are feeling it. 
Data from LinkedIn found that burnout, or people saying that they felt burned out, had doubled from March to April in 2020. So that was in just one month. That was right at the start of COVID-19 really uh, taking, well, COVID-19, but with people working from home. And other research showed that around 30% of workers said their mental health was negatively impacted by working from home in those early stages of lockdown. And so actually, the term burnout has become a bit of a catch-all for all those feelings that culminate in someone feeling overwhelmed, overtired, and stressed to the max. And the World Health Organization defines it purely as a work-related problem, which I found really interesting. So burnout broadly refers to the latter stages of chronic stress, where lots of factors are at play. Those factors, when they culminate, are intense, but they can exist on their own or in clusters and still make you feel as though you're wading through treacle because you are essentially, even if not in burnout or burnt out, you're in the early stages of it. So now's the time, that's the time to put those measures in place so you can stop these feelings getting any worse. And if you're listening to this and you think you're at those latter stages and you feel worried about your mental health, then I encourage you to please consult with your doctor, get an assessment from a mental health professional and ask for help. It's the best thing I ever did for my own mental health and there is no shame in asking for help if you're feeling awful and if everything just feels too much. You're not supposed to have all the answers, so don't give yourself a hard time for not having them. Something really caught my attention when I was researching this, and it was the way, as I said earlier, that we use this catch-all term when it might not actually be appropriate for what we're trying to describe. So actually, I thought it would be quite handy to share some definitions, where definitions actually exist, of some of the terms that you may have used around these feelings of extreme stress. So let's start with burnout, seeing as that's what we're talking about here. So tackling burnout specifically, according to International Classification of Diseases by the World Health Organization, Burnout is a syndrome conceptualized as resulting from chronic workplace stress that has not been successfully managed. It is characterized by three dimensions, feelings of energy depletion or exhaustion, increased mental distance from one's job or feeling of negativism or cynicism relating to one's job and reduced professional efficacy. Burnout refers specifically to phenomena in the occupational context and should not be applied to describe experiences in other areas of life. Isn't that interesting? I did not know that WHO, the World Health Organization, see it as a work-related problem only. Then there's overwhelm. According to goodtherapy.org, emotional overwhelm is a state of being beset by intense emotion that is difficult to manage. It can affect your ability to think and act rationally. It could also prevent you from performing daily tasks. Emotional overwhelm may be caused by stress, traumatic life experiences, relationship issues, and much more. And if you feel emotionally overwhelmed for an extended period of time, you may benefit from seeing a mental health professional. As above, it's never a bad decision. Often, there are many stresses contributing to emotional overwhelm rather than one particular event. Your emotions may bleed into seemingly unrelated parts of your life, so you may have a disproportionately bigger reaction to seemingly insignificant situations. For example, you may panic when you can't find your keys. You may feel physically ill or fatigued without knowing why. You may have trouble focusing or completing even simple tasks. You find yourself withdrawing from friends and family. Your emotions colour your perception of the world. For example, intense grief may have you feeling sad even during pleasant occasions. So that's where we are with overwhelm. Then stress. 
the World Health Organization defines stress as the reaction people may have when presented with demands and pressures that are not matched to their knowledge and abilities and which challenge their ability to cope. It is not a disease. However, if stress is intense and goes on for some time, it can lead to mental and physical ill health. Interesting. Anxiety. Anxiety is an emotion characterized by feelings of tension, worried thoughts, and physical changes like increased blood pressure. People with anxiety disorders usually have recurring intrusive thoughts or concerns. They may avoid certain situations out of worry. They may also have physical symptoms such as sweating, trembling, dizziness, or a rapid heartbeat. I can't I couldn't even make that note down about the sweating because it reminded me of my first proper panic attack and of sweating through clothes. <laughs> I'm laughing now. It was not funny. Uh, and then finally, in terms of these definitions, depression. So depression is a common and serious medical illness that negatively affects how you feel, the way you think and how you act. Fortunately, it's treatable. Depression causes feeling of sadness and or loss of interest in acti activities you once enjoyed. It can lead to a variety of emotional and physical problems and can decrease your ability to function at work and at home. Depressive symptoms can vary from mild to severe and include feeling sad or having a depressed mood, loss of interest or pleasure in activities once enjoyed, Enjoyed, changes in appetite, weight loss or gain unrelated to dieting, trouble sleeping or sleeping too much, loss of energy or increased fatigue, increase in purposeless physical activity, so the inability to sit still, so pacing, hand wringing, that sort of thing, or slowed movements of speech. So these actions have to be uh, observable by others for them to count uh, in rather than you just thinking it you have to it has to be noticeable feeling worthless or guilty difficulty thinking concentrating or making decisions and thoughts of death or suicide and i know i've said it a couple of times already in this episode but if you are having these extreme thoughts please get help speak to a doctor get get a mental health professional involved in your life Symptoms for depression must last at least two weeks and must represent a change in your previous level of functioning for a diagnosis of depression to be given. So there you have it. There are some definitions of some words that we've probably used to describe how we've been feeling when we haven't been feeling how we want to be feeling. And it's probably as obvious to you as it is to me that these definitions have an awful lot of crossover. So no wonder we have come to use catch-alls for these feelings of stress. And if you listen to the episode I did a while ago about beauty co-opting self-care to sell products, I talked about this trend for catastrophizing emotions. So nervous equals anxious, sad equals depressed. And how actually it's really normal to feel sad and nervous sometimes. It's n nervous to feel before it's, it's normal, it's nervous. Sorry, talk about speech impediments. It is normal to feel nervous at a job interview, for example. That's, that's because you care. But it's become a trend almost to say, I feel anxious about my job interview. Do you see what I mean? One's a positive, one's a negative. So there's been a trend towards medicalizing natural emotions, which can leave you thinking there's something wrong with you when maybe there isn't. It's a very complex area. But perhaps the first question we need to ask ourselves, and if you've listened to this episode, if you've seen the title and thought that could be me, maybe the first thing is to just say, does this feel normal to me? Do I want to accept this as my normal? You know yourself better than anyone else. And if you're running on empty, feel as though you're at your limit, then trust yourself and get the help you need or try to make the changes that you need to make, even if you need help in making those changes. But I think sometimes that question of, is this how I want it to be, is the thing that can help G you towards where you want to get to. And I always try to offer you, my most excellent listeners, something you can do in the here and now when we cover these topics, even though obviously 
This is- Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It's a much bigger thing than, hey, do these five things and you'll feel great. It is a much bigger topic. But if you have called your doctor or you have made an appointment with a mental health professional, there may be a bit of a wait between now and when you actually see them. And even though I can't speak to everyone's situation, here are some things that may help you steer yourself away from that sense of feeling completely run down and overwhelmed. And the first one, and I reference this if you are working from home, as a lot of us are, if work is your main stressor and you're working from home, are you putting a firm line between working and not working? Now, I know this is something that everyone would have said at the beginning of lockdown, but let's face it, things change. And a lot of people have proven themselves to be as efficient, if not more so, not in the office. And that can mean that people are leaning on you to do more. So it's not easy if your work is now on the kitchen table, on the bed or in the space where you where it wouldn't normally be. And there's nothing you can really do about work now being in your social space or your living space, but you can control what you do when you're not in that workspace. So put boundaries in place. Only answer and send emails during working hours and turn off your notifications outside of working hours. Just because you're working from home, that doesn't mean you are now available 24-7. And this might help you make those put those boundaries in place. It really stuck in my mind ages ago when someone said to me, and it was either Tim Ferriss, well, it wasn't to me, it was on one of their podcasts, it was either Tim Ferriss or James Altucher said, or a combination of the two, in fact, when you send someone an email out of office hours, you're showing them that you either can't manage your time, have no respect for theirs, or both. And that is the thing that makes me not send emails any time other than between nine and six on a Monday to Friday. That is it. Unless it's a mate, of course, and it's about organizing something social, uh, which obviously we haven't been doing a great deal. But that really stuck in my mind. It's not just respect for your own time it's showing respect for other people's and it's also signposting that maybe you can't manage your own time which I don't want to signpost that for anyone maybe have a think about that the second thing is routine and I've spoken before in this podcast about having a routine and how when I did that first episode right at the start of lockdown I said right you might be working from home I've been doing it for eight years this is what I recommend I talked about putting a routine in place waking up and going to bed at the same time, setting a timer for a task and then moving on to something else. So the days are chunks of manageable manageable, ti- manageable amounts of time during which you have an objective. And so the day, that can really help build momentum and make you feel productive. Rather than just saying, right, today I'm going to do some work and then it becomes a sort of endless day where nothing much really happens. And I stand by that. Having a routine is incredibly helpful and blocking out the day into tasks is really helpful as well. 
But even a routine can become a burden, especially after a year of doing this. So you know I exercise in the morning, I do intermittent fasting, so I eat between 12 and 8 p.m. And I have my little routines. And actually recently I felt really caught up in Groundhog Day and I've been feeling really fatigued and just blah. And so I thought, right, I can't, I'm just taking my own advice. What can I change? And so actually I threw the routine out of the window and it was like having a day of holiday and actually it was really productive. So I got up and I went and sat at my computer, didn't get up and exercise. I just completely turned the day on, it head, on its head and it did. It felt like a holiday and it just gave me a little bit of a break. Routine is great, but it can also just become monotonous. Try it. You might like it. And it also might flag the areas of stress in your life. It might flag them up and tell you where they are so that you can actually make a couple of changes because it might just be little tweaks that you need to make. Which brings me neatly onto the idea of giving yourself a break. And one of the worst things about working from home is that you can, at any point, whether it's in the middle of a meal, in the middle of a film, when you're already in bed, you can quickly get up and type out an email or not even get up. You can just do it on your phone or add to that presentation you're doing. Stop. Write it down instead and do it during office hours. And I'm going to start talking about office hours so much more because I feel like they have been so important between nine and six, Monday to Friday. And also I had a conversation with a friend recently about how you never send a doing email on a Monday or a Friday. Mondays are admin days, Fridays everyone's winding down. So if you want something done, send it on a Tuesday to Thursday. But we'll unpick that in another episode because when she said it, I thought, actually, that's really genius. But there we go. But if you would normally be Uh, If you would normally be away from your desk to go and grab a coffee for an hour or get lunch or whatever, not getting a coffee for an hour, for goodness sake, but you know what I mean. If you would normally get up a few times during the day, grab a coffee, maybe you'd pop outside and get some lunch, whatever of those things, use that time and take some time away. Get outside, do a jigsaw, do something completely different and unrelated so your brain gets a chance to slip out of work gear for a bit. I think it is so, so important. So don't do anything uh don't do anything outside of office hours that is work related write it down instead and do it between nine and six or whatever your office hours are would be and if you normally have time during the day when you are in when you are working in an office where you would take 15 minutes to go and walk around the corner and grab a coffee take that time when you're working from home the fourth thing is don't be hard on yourself we are often our own worst critics and if you're worried about what other people think of you too and are imagining they're thinking the worst you can create a real pressure on yourself so if you're doing the best you can then give yourself a break let me repeat that if you're doing the best you can then give yourself a break And finally, it's be empathetic. So I know this is similar to don't be hard on yourself and give yourself a break, but it applies to you and it applies to others. If you're hard on yourself, it's easy to be hard on other people too. If you have high expectations of you, you'll probably have high expectations for them. So expecting them to have the same thoughts and feelings as you do is probably incorrect. They probably don't. And you can't necessarily fix someone else's issues, but you can at least be aware of them and treat that person accordingly. We're all dealing with a host of stresses, many of which are new and unsettling. So it would make sense that we need to recalibrate how we treat ourselves and the people around us. So yeah, burnout, hey? And it just turns out, I think it's so interesting that there are so many different mental health definitions or there are some definitions for some things that are medically, medical definitions, but there are also definitions that are far more anecdotal, which is just really interesting to me. So maybe we'll come back to this with a professional uh, in an episode another time. Now, 
If you actually you want to find more about burnout, the effects of stress, or anything else referenced in this episode, then there are a few books that you may want to take a look at that I came across as I was putting this episode together. So the first is Burnout, The High Cost of Achievement by Herbert Freudenberger. What else would he be other than a writer about something like that with a name like that? A brilliant name. Uh, it's. I think he kind of came up with the original definition of burnout and it's just a, a proper insight into what this is and how it manifests. There's also The Imposter Cure by Dr. Jessamy Hibbard, which is another interesting read. Burnout, Solve Your Stress Cycle by Emily Nagoski and Burnout Survival Kit, Instant Relief from Modern Work. And also Untamed, Stop Pleasing, Start Living by Glennon Doyle, which I know I've recommended before, but it is quite a good one for the boundaries. So I thought that was really interesting. And obviously the links to those will be in the show notes, which can be found wherever it is that you are streaming and downloading this episode. And also I mentioned it right at the top of the show, and I'm going to mention it again now. The show notes are also where you can find the link to join the Facebook forum. So please don't hesitate. Please don't be shy about getting in touch and joining us because there are thousands of us in there having chats about burnout, stress, skincare. What was the other thing that I saw most recently before I started recording? Oh, your recommendations for various fitness equipment and workout videos. So come on, join us. You'll be welcome with open arms. We can't wait to see you. And as ever, if you want to email me, it's thebeautypodcast at gmail.com. Or if you want something a little bit less formal than an email, although I do love your emails, you can DM me on Instagram and Twitter where I'm at Emma Guns. Or like I said, chat to me and thousands of other listeners in the Facebook forum. I hope that this podcast finds you well. I hope that if you are feeling it feeling everything if you are feeling a little bit burned out or a bit down or a bit like oh there's no light at the end of the tunnel i hope that this episode has given you some insight into what you're really feeling and some actionable things that you can do to make you feel a little bit better because let's face it i want you to feel excellent thank you so much for listening i will see you on the next one Mm -hmm.